welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast, where we are down to one pea, your host, Laura Morrell. A podcast where no conversation is off topic. Welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast with your host, Laura. And today's episode is a solo one. It is just me, myself and I. And we're going to be chatting 12 things I wish I told my younger self and I'm really excited for this because if I could go back in time and I saw little Laura in her early, you know, early 20s to late 20s, I wish there was someone that could have told me this stuff to save me so much pain. But at the same time, I'm kind of grateful for it because here I am today trying to help other people. So if I hadn't have gone through that, how the hell could I have helped other people? But before we begin, I'll paint you a little bit of picture of what's going on. It's Saturday afternoon. It is currently about 3.30. I have just watched, washed my hair. So for those who can see on Zoom, you can see I am not looking glamorous. I'm pretty much in my pajamas on a Saturday at 3.30 in the afternoon. And you know what? That's okay. So wherever you're listening to this, whatever day, whatever time, just know It is so okay to just have a day at home in your pajamas during the day and not feel guilty about it. We actually fly off to Europe tomorrow. So I kind of just wanted to have a day to catch up, do a face mask, wash my hair, finish up work. So here we are, Saturday, 3.30 at home in my pajamas with my dog and not feeling guilty about it. So hope that helps you. (laughs) So let's get straight into it. I want this to be a quick, short and sharp, quite entertaining, fun little episode for you. And hopefully some of these points hit home or they can help you if you have a daughter, if you have, you know, a younger niece, if you have a best friend who's younger than you, or maybe if you you are in your early 20s, mid 20s, these tips can really help you as well. So number one is don't stress the small stuff about your body. And With this point, I'm talking more about, you know, those events that you've got coming up. Maybe it's a wedding. Maybe it's like a date. Maybe it's your own wedding. Maybe it's just, you know, someone's 21st or 25th and you get so fixated on making sure your nails are perfect. There's no chips, making sure your eyebrows are perfect, making sure that you've got the perfect earrings that are exactly the same color that go with your dress. And you, making sure you have the perfect tan and the tan doesn't smudge. And if you got like one tiny little smudge, you feel like the whole thing's ruined. But then when you get to the event, you have a great time and you always realize, why the hell did I spend days leading up to it worrying about these little tiny things like my earrings, the tan, the perfect uh, color earrings to match the dress. And I used to spend so much time wasted, wasted, basically, stressing all these small stuff that people don't even realize. No one actually looked at my toenails. No one actually looked at my chipped nail. And I always ended up having a really good night. So that would be my number one tip. And that probably hits home for a lot of people because the amount of money I spent, time worrying, I know I could have got back. Number two would be when you are yourself, you then attract the right partner. So what I found in my younger days was because I didn't really know myself, I didn't really spend time trying trying to get to know who I was, what I really enjoyed, what I liked, you kind of end up molding yourself to the other person. And it's not until you get to your 30s, you really, that's why people in their 30s say, oh, I know who I am now, I know what I want in a relationship. So 
If you were to do that earlier and actually spend the time getting to know yourself, you can actually find the right person earlier or not spend as much time with the wrong person. This is coming from someone who was in the wrong relationship for 10 years, took the best years of my life. (laughs) But again, I don't regret it because it absolutely made me the person I am. Number three, learn to eat food and build up your calories before dieting. That is probably one of the biggest things I wish I learned earlier because I went from PT to PT to PT trying to lose weight and all they would do was just put me in a deficit, put me in a deficit, then went to online programming because online wasn't a really thing in my early 20s and it was the same thing. Deficit, lower calories, lower more than lower calories because you might start off on 2000, you stop losing weight, then you go to 1800, you stop losing weight, then you do a 1200 calorie diet, you stop losing weight. And that's like, what the F do you eat? So then you end up fasting for two days. This is pretty much my story. So I wish it wasn't until I was mid twenties that I learned about reverse dieting and was able to build up my calories to that two, five, to 3000 mark that my whole life changed. So I wish someone early on told me, Laura, you can't lose weight on low calories. Your body's not adjusting. You're just causing more issues like PCOS and thyroid. You need to build up your caloric bank and spend some time eating, (laughs) spend some time at maintenance, spend some time not dieting. That is such a big thing. Number four would be dieting F's up everything. When you enter the world of dieting, not only do you start creating hormonal issues in your body, distorted eating patterns, you ruin your relationship with food, but you also then start developing a lot more body image issues because then you might've not noticed the little bit of extra fat you carry around your lower belly or your, your hips. And now all of a sudden that becomes heightened because you might lose the weight. Then you notice the fat around your chin and then you're like, Oh, I need to lose that now. And then all of a sudden you realize you got fat around your arms. So I feel like it's a never ending diet cycle that leads to such negative body image that once you start, you can't stop. Dieting is like a freaking Pringle. Once you start, you can't stop. And it develops the worst body image. Um, And I'm not saying dieting is bad. I'm saying you can do it in a healthy way. Do it once, but don't spend your life dieting. Because honestly, when I look back at all the issues in my relationship, I can put that down to the core issue of dieting, low self-esteem and lack of confidence. They would be the three things. But dieting ultimately was like the biggest trigger or bomb that made everything else in my world explode. So don't spend your life dieting in your early 20s and 30s (laughs) or even your late teens. Really make sure you do it once, you do it healthy and you spend some time at maintenance. Number five, just stop trying to be perfect. Stop the all or nothing. And please, please don't just hear this and be like, yeah, I know I've got to work on that. I want you to really listen to these words and I want you to let it absorb and sink in. Stop the all or nothing and stop trying to be perfect. The 99% of my clientele that come to me, come to me with the all or nothing mentality and the perfectionist mentality. And we identify ourselves as that. So we say, oh, I'm a perfectionist. I'm the all or nothing. I've always been that way. 
but you don't have to. Society makes us that way, but you don't have to be that way. So what I think can be really perfect, sorry, important is to stop being perfect. And let me tell you, I became so much more successful in my own health journey with my own body and with work when I stopped trying to be perfect because I let go of this internal pressure that caused self-sabotage behaviors because ultimately the perfectionist mentality leads to the self-sabotaging mentality of the all or nothing. It's got a 0% success rate. And there are literally studies and theories in psychology that prove this. The all or nothing has a 0% success rate. So why are we still doing something that factually and proven data that says it does not work. So definitely invest into learning how to change that mindset. Number six, guys, don't care about your cellulite, your roles, the pimple on your butt or anything, especially during sex. And I think this is a really big one because when you think back or if you are in your early 20s, it can you, you really see when you are having sex, it, you're, you're not in your body. It's a definitely an out-of-body experience. You're not present. You're not in the moment. Maybe you see it more as for them and you're not really present. Therefore, that impacts the result of the success for you, if you know what I mean. But at the end of the day, and, and this is really something that um, I learned from my, my partner, Bill, because I would have a butt pimple and I'll be like, I, I wouldn't realize it until like I maybe had a shower and I saw it. I'm like, babe, you didn't tell me how to butt pimple. He does not care. So let me tell you, they don't care about the angle you're on. They don't care about the roles you might have. They don't care about the cellulite. They don't care about the butt pimples or the rash or anything like that. And I think the sooner you understand and accept that and treat that as Bible, then the easier you can be present during sex and actually have more intimate and successful sex life. And I think that is really important, especially for a young woman, especially in her 20s, just getting to know herself and her body. And my God, I wish someone told me that. Number seven, don't do what society expects of you just to climb the hierarchy or the right thing to do. And what I mean by that is this can be in life that you should have a partner, get engaged, get married, move into a house, and then, oh, you're in your 30s, have children. Honestly, forget about it because, you know, this is coming from myself who's 32 when when I was in my early 20s, I definitely thought I had to be married and have kids by, you know, before 29 and in my 30s have three or four kids. I'm 32 and I'm realizing if I was in my 20s and chose to have kids, then it probably wouldn't have been the right person. And I probably wouldn't have been the mother I would be that I could be today because I'm so much more mature. I'm so much more understanding of health. I would have had a healthier pregnancy. So I think sometimes we need to remove that pressure. And absolutely do not, if you are, if you've had kids in your 20s, like this is like absolutely not saying you shouldn't have kids in your 20s. This is not that type of podcast. But I'm saying if I could tell myself in my 20s to not stress about time pressure, then I think I would be doing myself such a favor. And the same thing with your career. Like 
honestly, if I started in recruitment when I was 17, so when I was 17, I took a gap year from uni and I never went back, never went back. I never went because I fell into an office job in recruitment. And then I spent 13 years in recruitment. And basically I just thought that's what I had to do. I mean, was I super passionate about recruitment? God, no, but I became good at it. And ultimately it was a sales job and I just, I would get a promotion. And then the next thing to do was you get promoted after that. And then the next thing to do, you get promoted after that. And then all of a sudden you're a national recruitment manager, but I was working a nine to five and hanging for the weekend. And there was no passion. There was no love. There was just, this is what I had to do when it wasn't, I always did health on the side. I was always that person. And for those who have worked with me, you know, I was this person too, because there's a few of you that watch the podcast, but you know, um, I used to be that person giving nutrition advice and writing meal plans before I was even qualified in the kitchen, in the staff room. Um, you know, I'd be gathering everyone to do group training sessions. And so passion, my passion for health and fitness was always there, but no one told me I could do it. Like my parents even, very old school in the sense that you have a job and you do that for 30 years so it's no fault of their own but they didn't know that you could do whatever you wanted in life and I kind of wish someone told me in my early 20s you know what if you're this passionate about health and fitness and women's health and neurobiology and how the brain works then follow that and you can make it a career so I think what's really important here is understand what you want to do, spend time understanding what your love is and see if you can make a career out of it. Because here I am at 32 with my own business, you know, about to grow, about to scale. And it's the best thing I've ever done. And sometimes I look back, I'm like, imagine if I started earlier where I could be, but at the same time, I have to remind myself, well, no, because you started this at the right time because you had more wisdom and maturity. So it would have looked very different than if I had started this when I was like 21 or 22. So do I have regrets? Absolutely not. Because I just remind myself here is where I need to be. So that was tip number seven. Number eight, slow the F down. Oh my God, I can't tell you the amount of conversations I had in my early 20s being like, oh, I'm just so busy. And we just live in such a fast paced world that we feel like we have forever. But then before you know it, you're 32, which is where I am. And I remember being 19. I remember being 20 and 21 and 22 thinking, oh my God, 32 year olds are so old. Like I have forever to get there. But then I realized, um, you know what? It comes around so quickly. And I spent so much time not being present that I feel like I was kind of like in a, you know, watching a movie and I was on fast forward and all of a sudden I've paused at 32 and realized, you know what? I need to be present now. So slow the F down, enjoy the small moments, go for a walk outside without your phone. Go do something fun with your partner. Go for a hike and leave your phone in the car. Um, Go for a spontaneous weekend getaway. Do those little things and be present. Number nine, do your homework before going on birth control. Holy crap, I wish someone told me this earlier. Now, I was pretty lucky in the sense that I've been pretty switched on with my health for from a young age. And so my birth control was very young, sorry, very short lived because I felt the difference within a couple of months and came straight off it. But 
unfortunately what happens is, you know, you might get into a relationship or it could be for your skin or it could be for whatever reason. And someone tells you, yep, you should go on the pill. And we just take that as Bible. We take that as gospel. Okay, well, that's what I need to do. But that's just an easy option to treat a problem. There are so many other holistic ways that you don't need birth control because birth control robs you of nutrients. It affects your microbiome in your gut. It affects your mental health. It affects your fertility in the future. There's just so many damaging things that don't get spoken about. And I wish I knew and people told me more that about the other options that were available for my skin or, you know, if it's birth control that you're looking to go on the pill for. Um, and talking about birth control for a moment, it can be easy to be like, oh, I'm in a relationship or maybe you're just being single and you want to experiment. Absolutely. Okay. But then straight away you're like, oh, well, I need to go on birth control. But we also need to have that conversation and be like, well, it's also the other person, it's their responsibility too. So it shouldn't just fall on the woman. I think it needs to be more of a discussion with your partner or the person you are seeing or being intimate with instead of just, oh, I'm having sex, I need to go on the pill. And I wish I knew that at an early age because I see this time and time again, people on the pill for eight, nine, 10 years, and then they get to their 30s and they're like, I just don't feel like my health is compromised and, you know, I want to try for a baby soon, but then we have a lot of health issues caused and created by the pill. So it's, it's a very common one. And I, I just, you know, a a big part of what we're working on at LMW is to get that information out there to younger people. I mean, there's so many, so much red tape and so much crap you have to deal with in order to make any big changes like education and schooling system. But you know, one day it'll be worth it. So it's worth the hard work. Number 10, love your family and friends harder. Oh my God, hold them close and love them harder. That's probably one of my favorite tips. Love your family and friends harder and keep them closer because life seems long, but it honestly can be taken away anytime. Like the reason I say that was because I think I've never really lost anyone in my life. I was pretty lucky, but when COVID hit, it was losing my grandparents that probably hit you a little bit harder than you just don't think you're going to lose your grandparents. You think they're going to be with you all the time. Like they're the glue that holds the family together. They're the icing on the cake. But I think also when you do lose them, like it's such a big part of your life that gets affected and everyone has different grief. Like everyone loses people in their life. This is just my, my story. And pretty much the only grief I've ever gone through. But I realized it's the memories I have are funny ones. And they're honestly this, the dinners, it's the small dinners, it's the small coffee catch-ups, it's the little walks you did with them. You know, it's the, I remember every, you know, maybe it was two or three times a week, we would go for dinner and just hang out in the lounge room and watch shit TV. My sister and I would literally be on our phones, <laughs> but it's just being around them. And they're the memories that we honestly cherish. So love your friends and family harder and keep them closer. So make sure you're going for those little coffee dates. Make sure you're going for those dinners at your grandparents. Make sure you're going to just check if your family and friends are okay. Even if you drop past for half an hour or you give them a call on your walk or on your drive to work when you've got 30 minutes to kill or on the train. Um, 
am not an emotional person, but you can still see that is obviously something that is still a grieving, a part of grieving for me. So there you go. <laughs> something I learned too. I still struggle to talk about it. Moving on there though. Number 11, don't live your life eating out of Tupperware containers. <laughs> oh, I, I see this time and time again. And this is something I went through for years and it was losing my grandparents that really hit home for this because the amount of dinners I said no to because I would bring my chicken and broccoli because I was competing and eating out of my own Tupperware and my, I would do anything now to, to have a home-cooked meal by my grandparents. But it's the dinners out that you're missing out on. It's the memories you create. It's the experiences with food. It's There's a time and a place where you have to control yourself and say, yep, yeah, you know what? I need a home-cooked meal. You have certain goals. But I think sometimes it can get to a detrimental point where you have so much stress about eating out, whether that's for fat loss reasons or health reasons, that that stress becomes more detrimental to your fat loss goals and to your health goals because of the cortisol. Whereas if you can work out your thresholds or your quotas of how much food can I have out that's not maybe going to be the best quality or the right type of food you should have, but you don't want to spend your life eating out of Tupperware. Honestly, it's probably the worst thing in the world. And I've had clients where I've really tried to educate them that you need to experience and have a little bit more freedom with food and freedom with food is something we should all strive for because I found freedom with food a while ago now, but trust me, there was 10 years there where it was just, it was, it started from a diet and then it went into orthorexia. And for those who do not know what orthorexia is, orthorexia is when you go to the extreme of health. So I wouldn't even eat my mum and dad's dinner. <laughs> Dad didn't cook my mum's dinner because it was like chicken from Coles rather than organic chicken. Um, I wouldn't eat out at restaurants because they would use vegetable oil instead of olive oil. Like going to those lengths is what orthorexia is. So it started off as diet culture. And then sometimes diet culture can actually, um, or your health issues can actually be hidden by diet culture. So an eating disorder in itself is orthorexia. So although you could be a really healthy person, that could actually be an orthorexic trait, which is classified as an eating disorder. So sometimes being too healthy can actually be distorted. So we want to be really careful, make sure we have a good threshold or quotas of having whole foods to soul foods and making sure we are experiencing a bit of freedom with food as well. Number 12, do the mindset. This is the final tip. Do the mindset work earlier. Build confidence, learn to think positive, learn to build habits and do this shit early. I left it to a, an older age and I think to my I think to myself now if I had built confidence when I was in my early 20s, my whole future would have been paved so differently. There were things that I withdrew from because of lack of confidence. So fun fact, like I made it through to Ninja Warrior, but then I withdrew because I was so scared of what people would think and I just lacked so much confidence. I made it to the finals of Miss Universe. I withdrew from that because, again, the fear that I wasn't going to make it, the fear of what people would think, I just never felt good enough. I never felt pretty enough. I never felt beautiful enough comparing myself to the other girls. So I sabotaged both of those opportunities. Um, again, do I regret it? Absolutely not because... I'm running my own business now. I have a beautiful partner, a great life, a beautiful puppy. Like it led me to here. But I think if we can learn to do that work early, you're just going to thank yourself. 
and change the whole course for your future for the better. So I think if you're, you know, in your late teens, early 20s, even mid 20s or getting towards your 30s, like stop chasing the diet. That's not going to make you happy. I can tell you that because I've been lean at 58 kilos and 55 kilos and 60 kilos, but not happy because I was fixated on changing certain other areas of my body. So you won't ever find happiness by doing that. But if you can learn to build confidence, if you can learn to think positive, if you can learn to build healthy habits that serve you, you will freaking be happy. So that is my top 12 tips. Let's just do a recap. Don't stress about the small stuff. Number two, when you are yourself, you then attract the right partner. So do the work to get to know yourself. Number three, learn to eat food and build calories up before dieting. Number four, dieting sucks and dieting Fs up everything. Stop dieting. Learn to do it healthy and do it once. Number five, just stop trying to be perfect. Remove the all or nothing. It has a 0% success rate. Number six, guys don't care about your cellulite, your rolls or your butt pimples. I've got all three. I've got the triple whammy and my partner loves me just as much. Number seven, don't do what society expects of you. Don't just climb the hierarchy in the, la- in the, the ladder of corporate world. Um, you know, don't just settle for the wrong person because you're at a certain age. Really do the work to work out what you want. Number eight, slow the F freaking down, especially in this fast paced world. You will be 32 before you know it. You'll be 42 before you know it. You'll be 50 before you know it. Be present. Go for the walks. Go for the hikes. Go do spontaneous things and be present. Number nine, do your homework before going on birth control. Number 10, love your family and friends harder and keep them closer. Number 11, stop living out of Tupperware. Find that freedom with food and that balance or quotas with food. And number 12, do the mindset work early. So I hope you've enjoyed these tips. Hopefully it's given you something to think about. Um, the reason I start, I did this episode was because I was actually talking to a young girl who was 19 and I just felt myself intuitively giving her advice and telling her all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? I think more people need to hear this. I wish I had that older sister that told me all this stuff or that, you know, auntie that told me this stuff or a role model that told me this stuff. It doesn't get spoken about. So I hope this has helped you. If you feel like it's beneficial, please refer it to your friend, your sister, your daughter, and let's just help young women um, not get stuck with the shit that we all dealt with because we know how hard it was. And if we can save a person from going through that hard, oh, it's just so worth it. So you guys help me create that ripple effect in the world by just simply telling your network. And for that, I'm so grateful. So thank you for joining with me. And I can't wait for the next episode next week. Chat soon. Bye.